my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here tonight with uh, one of my favorite students of all time, uh, June Murray. How are you, June? I'm doing great, thanks. It's so great to see you. Wonderful to be here. Yeah. So June was just telling me she had to update her Zoom. Um, she is a 2021 graduate, so she hasn't been gone for very long, but uh, it's it's been a while since you've been on Zoom since uh, she is currently um, serving uh, with an organization that uh, many of you have heard of. Um, she's a field instructor for Knowles. Um, so really super exciting. That's right. It really keeps me off Zoom. I I bet I bet not much zoom out in the wilderness there so uh, pretty pretty awesome and I uh, can't wait to talk uh, uh, talk to you all about Knowles um, uh, June and and what you've experienced and, and and continuing to experience but let's go back a bit and get to know you a little bit better tell uh, remind me where you grew up sure uh, I grew up about three and a half four hours north of San Luis Obispo in a town called Montera. Um, better known as like Half Moon Bay, um, which ah. is about 20 miles south of San Francisco, tucked right in off of the coast on Highway 1. Right. Beautiful yeah. spot. Beautiful spot. And you grew up, if I if I remember correctly, you grew up uh, a big surfer, didn't you? Did you not? Sure did. Yep. It's a big part of my life. I know. I, I, I remember from... Uh, I, I remember that part of uh, of your identity for sure. And so tell us, what did, what did your parents do growing up? Sure. Uh, my mom was a, and still is, she works in uh, education. She was a public school, high school French teacher, yeah. um, but she is a principal at one of our public high schools here in the Bay Area. Nice. Um, and my dad, for a long time when I was growing up, worked at our local newspaper. He was doing graphic design and then publishing the paper. And now he's doing communications and public relations at uh, the golf course here in Half Moon Bay. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. that's just beautiful. You know, I'm a golfer now, so I, I, I maybe I'll have to get up there to Half Moon Bay. I bet that's that, right. I bet it's Anytime. gorgeous. Anytime. It's a beautiful course. I bet it is. I bet it is. That's awesome. So what about uh, what about siblings? Did you have any siblings growing up? I do. I have a younger brother who is 20, turning 21 this July. Right on. Um, so yeah, we grew up really close. Uh, he's three years younger than I am, which has always been really fun. Nice. What's he into? He is similar, big into surfing. Growing up, he played a ton of baseball. Awesome. Um, and he's right now going to CSU Monterey Bay, right studying on. in science. Marine science, right mm -hmm. on. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, shout out to little bro. That's awesome. So really tell us a little bit more about your identity growing up, June. Obviously, we've already touched on the surfing, but uh, what else were what else were you into? Yeah, I was really active. I filled almost all of my downtime with organized sports of some kind. Wow. Um, starting really young age, I played soccer and did gymnastics, and then left the gymnastics behind pretty early on, but. Yeah. Continued with soccer up until my senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, picked up running in middle school. So I ran cross country and track for a really long time. Oh, so that was really a lot of my identity was surrounded around uh, organized sports and athletics and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, do yeah. You remember the, do you remember the uh, age that you got up on a board for the first time? Oh, gosh. Uh, when I was really young, I definitely spent a lot more time in the ocean, surfed a lot. And then oh. 
as I was going through middle school and high school, it was less surfing um, just because uh, I don't really know why timing was hard. I was busy with other sports um, and then refound it in college, which was really wonderful. But first time ever, I must have been really small, maybe six or something. Oh, right. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. So let's talk, um, let's talk a little bit about that pathway to, to Cal Poly. Um, how did you, what, what was, what was the process like? Um, any family members that are Cal Poly grads? How'd you, how'd you hear about us? That sort of thing. Sure. My, uh, actually grandfather started at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo and uh-huh. then finished at Cal Poly Pomona. He went to slow, um, on a cross country and track running scholarship um cool. and was there for a little while and then transferred to cal poly pomona to actually be closer to my grandmother ah. so he didn't finish finish in slow but he finished at pomona oh cool um, and so that was kind of always in the back of my mind i really wound up being so excited about cal poly right after just my very first college tour and i had just heard about it me and my dad were going on this California road trip going down south to just go look at colleges and probably yeah. my junior or senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, and one of our first stops was at Cal Poly. Yeah. And at first, I didn't know what to think about it. I was like, well, it's a little far from the water. There's not a lot of stuff around it. Who knows? And then probably about 15 minutes into the tour, I was sold. Yeah. That was <laughs> It was the first college I toured and it was the only college I needed to tour. Nice. Um, and I was sold in I that love like, it. first 15 you, minutes. You heard that, the, that either either beach is only 10 to 15 minutes away. and Exactly. And, uh, and saw the beauty of the campus and everything. I think that's else. really what I was in, completely taken by the beauty of the campus. And that was just really what pushed me over the edge. So, yeah, it's pretty special. So yeah. let, let's talk about let's talk about major. Did you did you start out as a as one of our majors? I did. I started out as the experience industry management parks recreation tourism administration right right off the bat and very happy i did i thought i remembered that you did now did Mm -hmm. you know right away that you want to be to be something to do with outdoor recreation or was that more of um influences you know like i i know obviously that that you got to be very close with dr g while you were um what while you were in school and and obviously as one of the world's preeminent outdoor recreation researchers. Um, she probably had a little bit of an impact, but I imagine that, that did, did you have an idea um, that you wanted to do that or not? To be completely honest, no, not really. Um, when I heard about the major, what I was most excited about was the sport management aspect, more of the like professional sport franchise working in that side of sport I management. you originally started with that idea. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And so I wasn't a very good influence, but Dr. G was, (laughs) and so you went. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, but let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, You know, I I think, um, I think it's really interesting for current students and prospective students and even young professionals out there trying to find their way and trying to find their niche. Um, Talk to us about that process and, and how you, you ultimately, um, you know, ended up landing on, on outdoor recreation as a, as an area. Yeah. I think there was a lot of factors that really contributed to like this pathway that I've become starting to follow. That is, yeah. um, I think a lot of it, freshman year of college, um, living in the dorms, it was really hard, like really hard transition to going to college and 
new classes, tough schedules, all that kind of stuff. And I had found myself um, kind of looking for something more, trying to find a place to fit in. And I stumbled upon Polyscapes. Um, And I had grown up backpacking with my parents. But when I fell into this group with Polyscapes, it was all of a sudden this massive group of like-minded individuals. And so I kind of just tried to stick with that. Um, going on trips, starting in their program to become one of their trip leaders. And that really was formative of my like early college years. Um, but I think throughout the progression of both being in poly escapes and college for the first time and trying out a bunch of new things, um, I kind of leaped and took a, one of the Knowles courses, which is the organization I work for now. Yeah. I took a course after my freshman year of college. And then that kind of, yeah, changed course altered my ideas for the better pretty immediately right. after that um right you you, uh, you uh, correct me if i'm wrong but you start to see like oh a pathway like oh yes. i could see myself doing that is that right totally yeah and i think that as i progressed through the major even freshman into sophomore year um being in your classes and dr g's classes my eyes just got open to so much more possibility and then having had that experience well with poly escapes and as a null student early on right things just started to kind of click right um, which is right. pretty cool awesome love it well um y- you know i i know from from having june in in um a number of classes um i know what a bright and talented student um that she was and um and you know june one of the things that that we over the last 10 years in particular, I mean, we've always kind of had this emphasis, but we've really, through some efforts um, by our college, through, through the summer undergraduate research program that I know you participated in, um, we've really been able to double down and, and, and really promote um, this uh, undergraduate research path for students and um, and, and Dr. Dr. Goldenberg and, and Dr. Schwab and and now um, you know a number of our faculty, obviously Dr. Lin and Dr. Shen and now Dr. Zhang and Dr. Jerusha Greenwood, of course, have have really been um, trying to. We've we've all been trying to promote that, and I know you got a lot of experience in that regard. So tell us a little bit about what being an undergraduate research assistant, um, what kind of perspective, what kind of professional development um, experience that was for you? Oh, that was a phenomenal developmental experience. That really, I think when I think about Cal Poly and my time there, having done the undergraduate research was so formative for me. Um, And it was another one of those things that I got a mass email to our department and I responded to Dr. G and it kind of stuck. But I think that being able to work so closely with Dr. G and Dr. Schwab um, and the department and working in the SERP, the Summer Undergraduate Research Program, really tied me closer to the department, I think. Like it felt something, it became like a much smaller community to me once I started spending so much more time with the professors and working um, within our department. Oh, how do I phrase this? Being able to work with our department and work doing research on the things that had so been so interesting to me in the past, and to be able to put that into application really made everything come together. It made me see some pathways where I'd be like, there is research to be done in all of these fields that felt so abstract to me in the past. 
Yeah. It connected me even more to our department and to classes and to colleagues and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And and everything you just articulated is, is why, um, the research has shown that that undergraduate research is uh, a high impact practice, right? For that oh. very reason that you just articulated. I love it. So, so you know, we've kind of talked about it in the abstract. Um, so uh, speaking of abstract, give us, an, <laughs> give us an abstract of just one, just one of the studies that you participated in, because I know you were a part of several, right? Sure. Yeah. I think actually my original project that I started when I was a sophomore in uh-huh. Cal Poly with Dr. G and Dr. Schwab is uh-huh. still continuing. I've I was emails say, from them uh, every uh, once in a while yeah, and it's right. progressed as the years have gone on, which is right. so cool to watch and read these articles that we're still um, putting together. But basically when I started, our summative abstract was studying um, experiences had by through hikers on the Pacific Crest Trail in relation to an increased population of people utilizing these outdoor spaces Mm. and seeing if people were still getting the same experiences out of it that they were hoping going into it, keeping in mind that the population of people using these outdoor spaces has grown exponentially in the past 10 years. Right. And a really important one as as and and as you know in in being involved with Knowles and and um y- you know we have this saying that you can love it to death right you can yes. um you know and um obviously a really a really awesome part uh, that that or an awesome byproduct of a really negative thing in the global pandemic was that more people got outside, right? More people were drawn to nature. Um, But at the same time, that can be good and bad because the carrying capacity of our trails and and our our wilderness areas and that sort of thing obviously can be impacted. So important research to be being done. And um, so that part of it has to be pretty exciting as well to be a part of something like that, right? Yeah, super exciting. And it's something that comes up time and time again in my work with Knowles. Um, It just always ties back in, which feels so cool that I feel always tied to my undergraduate education at Cal Poly. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about now that... um, that that bridge out of Cal Poly and and obviously we know um anybody who's listening knows with in hearing that you're a 2021 graduate that <laughs> you were you were one of the ones that graduated um and you know had a, a chunk of your college career taken up by a global pandemic. Um so you know I, I wonder if maybe you can reflect a little bit on what that was like. Um, and, and then we can move into more positive things like your internship and that sort of thing. Yeah, man, it was hard. It was really hard. And I think that feels like a blanket term. Um, easy to say that it was hard, um, being an outdoor recreation concentration, specifically doing that on a computer almost felt silly sometimes where, um, yeah, I felt distant a lot of the time during this virtual learning just because in classes, um, when we were on campus, everything is the class size is being small, everything being so hands-on we're learning by going, we're learning by doing all of that kind of stuff. So then to be sitting in my room, 200 and some odd miles away from San Luis Obispo or 
even when I lived in San Luis Obispo during the pandemic and the shutdown of campus, um, yeah, felt very distant. And I think that was the hardest thing about COVID learning and virtual learning. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about your 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 internship and and what you you know our, our current students love. Uh, and I say this every time. I need to I need to come up with a different way to hear to, to say it. I was like, our current students love hearing about. It. That's what I I feel like I say <laughs> over and over and over again. But I I guess one of the things that in having um I just had a, a pretty big senior project class of like twenty five students and you know seeing the looks on their faces and knowing how stressed they were about internships and that sort of thing. I just know that it's important for them to hear from someone else who went through that process. And, um, you know, you went through it during a global pandemic. So, right. Yeah, much harder, much harder to do. But um, talk to us about that process, how you found it, what you did, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I at that point knew that I really wanted to do something within outdoor recreation and I didn't know where, which was also really wonderful because it opened the door to me going really anywhere. Um, I wasn't tied to staying in San Luis Obispo or California, even in particular. Um, And that was really helpful. Um, I think the biggest thing that helped me the most is I was having a hard time narrowing my search, knowing what I wanted to do. And I just reached out to old connections, specifically connections that I had had with Knowles um, and was pretty obvious. Well, yeah, I very obviously stated to them, hey, I'm graduating from college. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. I need an internship. Mm-hmm. Any suggestions? And one of them got back to me with a very detailed list of all of these job openings at Knowles. Um, oh. He just recommended that I apply and that he would reach out as well as reference. Um, yeah. And so I felt really lucky. I had a lot of people in my corner helping mm-hmm. me out in that regard. So I think that would be just my biggest piece of advice is, yeah, utilizing those connections, even if they seem minute, that yeah. that's really something that worked out well for me in the long run. Yeah, one hundred percent. Get people in your corner, and and, um, and and you know, I know from from my experience um, in, in working with you, June, is is that June is one of those people that um, from the very first class that 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 she took with me. Um, she impressed me in, in every way, right. From, from her engagement in the classroom and her energy in the classroom to everything she ever turned in was always like top notch all, all the way up to the top. And, and, you know, when, when that's the case, um, people know your track record and people know. And so when they hear others say, Hey, I have an opportunity here, they go, oh, well, hey, I've got, I know someone who is spectacular and, and making those connections. So I, I think um, I think your advice on making the connections, obviously, I hear that a ton on this podcast, right? Really? And that is absolutely a great thing. But I just want to point out, too, that um, if you make the connections and you're also one who is putting forward like really, really incredibly good work, um, that adds to the connection <laughs> pretty, pretty well. So so let's talk about that Knowles experience now. You know, you started um you started as a base camp manager. Is that what you did as your internship? Yes. So I actually was applying for a position 
uh, at the branch that's based in Lander, Wyoming, uh-huh. um, to be an operations assistant. So right. somebody that really just helps with the day to day, whatever it is, the day to day varies in so much at this organization. But that was basically what I was applying for. I wanted to try a little bit of everything. That was a really good entry point for me. So I applied for that position. Right. Um, they got back to me. I applied. They're like, we'd love to have you come on in for an interview. Of course, it was on Zoom. They're all in Wyoming. I was in California. Um, and so we did a Zoom interview. Um, it was awesome. I really felt like I clicked with the inter- the person who was interviewing me, who has now become a very close friend. Um, after the interview was over, uh, I had another interview, um, which I thought was odd. I thought it would be a one interview and done. Yeah. And they all emailed me back and asked me, we'd love to have you come in for a second interview, but this time we're going to include our branch director. Um, so the person who manages the whole Knowles Rocky Mountain branch in Lander, Wyoming. I was like, huh, that seems a little odd for this entry level position, but that's okay. So I hopped in that interview and they asked if I would be interested in taking this other job, this, or if I would be interested in again, interviewing for another job, which is the job I ended up getting the base camp manager position, right? uh, which was a position totally born out of pandemic and needing for more space for students who are pre and post course, um, interviewed for that job. And they offered me that one to manage a big old property and a bunch of people. And it was pretty crazy. It was really, really flattering to have that experience right out of Cal Poly to go and have that be my internship. Um, so I didn't do a traditional internship. I did. Right. It was just a job. Um, yeah. And that's important to point out for those who are listening, yeah. who, who are unaware of that, you can absolutely, you know, our internship is set up in, in being, um, for most students, the, the very last experience of their college career, it's, a, it's supposed to be like a stepping stone to a full-time job, but if you get a full-time job that works too, you know, so <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, uh, limit you from getting a full-time job. So I love that. That's a, a yeah. great example to highlight. So let's talk about that initial experience, what that was like. So you're, you're base camp manager there in landing Wyoming. So try to paint a picture for us there. Is it, um, is it a like I think when most people see your base camp manager, they're like um picturing like um up on Mount Everest, right? Like that, <laughs> those all those tents that uh, you totally. know. Yeah. But um I, I'm I'm assuming since you said it was a facility that it's something different. Is that right? <laughs> you know, your picture isn't too abstract, too different than what it was doing. Okay. Just a little bit lower elevation where I was. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. That's the biggest difference. Um, no, it was. For the Knowles branch that is based in Lander, Wyoming, they own property in the downtown. It's a really small little community. So they have their branches in downtown, but there is not enough space to host the hundreds and hundreds of students that come through every summer and fall season. Um, And so born out of the pandemic, they started renting this big property a little bit outside of town. So where students would stay there couple nights before their course, a couple nights after their course, instead of having everybody um, in much closer quarters in a downtown area. Mm-hmm. And so I was then became the manager of this property um, that we rented actually from a local community college in the area. So it was a lot of managing a relationship with another educational institution um, 
while also making sure all of our needs were met out on this property where we had, yeah, gotcha. probably upwards of 800 students while I was there. Right. Throughout right. a couple of months span. Right. Interesting. Really interesting. Well, you know, I spent a little bit of time in Wyoming, um, but I was pretty far from you. I was in Jackson, but um, oh, it's not too bad. Not too far. I don't guess. How how about how far from Jackson is Lander? To Jackson, it's about two hours. It's about Lander is two hours east of Jackson, I'd say. Okay. So it's not, it's not as far as I was thinking. I was trying to look on a map and I, I wasn't like getting the full I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't zoom far enough out. <laughs> um, I was doing, uh, but now I see um, when yep. I look at Wyoming, I'm like, oh, it's not actually not that far. But so when I no. went through, um, let's see, I must've gone the different route. So I didn't go, I, I must've missed Lander when I went through. Um, but anyway, so, so now let's talk <laughs> about, um, let's talk about your current position, right? So I think, um, I think this is a, a really obviously unique um, position being a field instructor for Knowles. Um, so for those who are unaware, we we probably should have done this a long time ago. Give them <laughs> um, give them the abstract of uh, of what Knowles is. And, um, and yeah, uh, yeah. So Knowles is Knowles is a lot of things. What I do for Knowles is um, guiding basically long backcountry expeditions, but it's more education based. It's less guiding. It's more, it is teaching to then proficiency, both backcountry skills and leadership interpersonal skills as well. So it's a very dynamic, um, full bodied educational experience, fully immersive, um, incredibly experiential. We'll go with that. Um, There you go. I was going to say, learn by doing, um, uh, uh, accelerated, I guess you could say, right. Yes. And, and let me ask you, I'm really curious about this one. Um, uh, it, what Cal Poly's learn by doing, um, mantra, did, did that help with, um, do you think that helped with, um, your Knowles experience and, and landing the Knowles experience? The learn by doing mantra. Yeah. The fact that, oh. you know, I mean, was that a selling point that you could use when you were interviewing and that sort of thing? Absolutely. I think that was a big part of how I landed my first job with them yeah. because they didn't really know what that position was going to entail yet because it was new. Right. And I just had this experience and background of the learn by doing, learn by trying. Yeah. And they really um reson that really resonated with my uh interviewees, the people that I was interviewing with. Um yeah. And it really stuck. Um and even throughout my couple of months in that specific position, that was constantly what I was doing. Um, everything was learned by doing. Right. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And, and so I guess we should say too, is, is that they, um, uh, Knowles has rebranded just as Knowles, but it used to be, it it originated from National Outdoor Leadership School, right? Yes. Yep. But now they've basically rationale was cutting out the national because it is an entirely international organization. We have branches all over the world. So 
Love it. Then so I was yeah. going to ask you, I'm like, what was the thinking around that rebranding to just Knowles? And that makes complete sense. It's a yep. global organization now. So I, I love that. That's really yep. cool. So national didn't really make sense anymore. Exactly. Love it. So tell us um, now as a field instructor, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, one could look at it and be like, well, she was base camp manager and now she's a field instructor. Like what's the, what's the difference there that, 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 um, and now obviously I know what the difference is, but explain, explain now what you're doing and, and the role that you're taking on and how about, um, tell us your last two trips maybe, or, or maybe yeah. your trips are, are your trips the same or not? No, they're so, all different. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. So as a base camp manager and field instructor, there are a lot of similarities, I would say. Um, but the biggest being when I was a base camp manager, I would be in town um working with trips that were going into the field um and helping them get ready to go into the field or to return from the field. Right. Now I am the person who is going in and out of the backcountry. Right. with students. So I will go with students. Um, average courses are about 30 days long of backpacking, climbing, sea kayaking, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I specifically work in our backpacking program. So I'll take students backpacking for 30 days. Mm -hmm. um, and so that looks like I fill the role of, um, my goodness, every role. I'll have a team of co-instructors. So we all work, work together, which is really, really important. Um, but we are full educators. And then we also are dealing with crazy risk management things as well, because you are responsible for wow. 10 to 15 other people's lives in the backcountry. So that's everything from teaching first aid, practicing first aid, and then as well as just basic risk management stuff in the backcountry dealing with lightning or river crossings or snow or any of that kind of stuff. So right. Every yeah, a lot. There are crazy different aspects that all fall on my shoulders now as a field instructor, which is amazing um, yeah. and incredibly challenging. But yeah, I love I love it, and um, I I almost was like, well, yeah, I almost said the comparison of like base camp manager sounds like a higher level position than field instructor. Right. right. And, and so, but I, I didn't want to like pose it that way. Right. And I was like, let me just get her to explain the difference <laughs> because then you'll kind of, they'll kind of see that you're, you're everything when you're out there in the back, when in, out there in the back country, you're, you're educator, you're an EMT, you're a chef, you're like all of those things. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so tell us, um, so I, I do want you to get into to a couple of your your last couple of trips, right? Um, but tell us like how intensive the training is to get to a point where you can feel really confident doing what you're doing. Sure. Um, I think. I mean, I'm really every course I work, everything I still do feels like a lot of training and learning. Um, gotcha. everything is dynamic. I came in before I applied to become a field instructor. You have to have certain amount. Well, I had a lot of prior experience working with poly escapes because and then poly escapes, right? Yeah, exactly. And then also just from a personal background, I grew up backpacking, grew up in the outdoors, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I had been a Knoll student before. So I had done this 30 day expedition style course already. Right. And so I had a good chunk of experience and knowledge. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so then when you apply and get accepted and hired, you then go through this, uh, it's around 25 day training. Uh, you have five days in the classroom and then you go spend 20 days in the field, um, with a cohort of other people who have just been hired. And that happens about once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. They do this big instructor training, um, instructor course in the field. And so I did that last spring um, in the Wind River Range in Wyoming in end of April, beginning of May. Mm-hmm. It's the coldest I have ever been. Oh, I bet. <laughs> we had a, yeah, a weather pattern move through called a polar vortex. So we had oh. days where the high was like eight degrees. Um, oh, my goodness. So after having dealt with stuff like that, I do feel very confident in a bunch of mixed terrain just because mm-hmm. of the situation I was placed in to do right. this instructor training. Right. Um, and I can feel super confident in a lot of different ways because of that. And then there is always things that just catch you off guard because that's the beauty of working for Knowles is there's not of course. ever like a normal day, really. Everything can change on like, yeah. On in an yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so tell us about your last two trips mm-hmm. and then we're, and then I'm going to have you set, tell us your, so that you can kind of be thinking, right. I want you to tell us um, after you tell us about our, your first, last two trips, your most harrowing experience in the field, and then your most um, rewarding experience in the field. Sure. Okay, let me think. My last two trips, winter's a little bit more of a downtime for me. Um, and so now that we're moving into spring, I'm getting into my busy season. Yeah. Um, I This past summer, I worked a course up in Alaska, and then oh, wow. 10 days later, started one right in Wyoming. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks ago, I actually just had a trip right as you were emailing me. I was heading into the field for a course in the Southwest, oh. um, in Arizona and New Mexico. And so that trip was really different. Knowles has this whole department. Um, it's our custom education department, which mm-hmm. is really, really cool. So we'll have these outside entities that are already like formed groups, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll contract with Knowles and create these customized Knowles courses. Um, so they will like dictate what specific learnings they want to take out of it, kind of what they're highlighting, what they're trying to get their specific students to get out of it. Right. Um, and so I was working a course through our custom education department in Arizona and New Mexico for an all girls school in LA, um, the Archer School for Girls. And they contract um, with Knowles about twice a year and have students do a course when they're freshmen and students do a course when they're juniors. Yeah. Uh, so I, it was a new style of course for me, um, really, really different from standard Knowles courses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Um, it was really neat. Uh, definitely a different challenge. Uh, it's a smaller time period. They're only in the field for about a week. And then you are working with different social dynamics because you're working with already a formed group instead of groups right. that need to go through the forming stages. Right. Which presents all kinds of different challenges, different both challenges, yeah. as yeah. an educator and for them as students. Right. Because um, cliques have already formed and that sort exactly. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They already have known each other for X amount of years before meeting us. Right. Um, and so that can be really great or really challenging. And since we have such a finite small amount of time with them, it poses a lot of different challenges on us as educators, because there's only so much you can do to break down clicks in five or so days. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well, tell us about Alaska and how many bears you saw. I only saw one bear. 
you saw one bear in Alaska. Wow. And it wasn't even a grizzly bear. That oh. just means our bear protocols were working really well. I was going to say that probably means that you did a good job. Yeah, exactly. Right. Our right. students took bear protocols very, very seriously. Oh um, man. And a lot, a little out of fear, which is a little healthy fear is great. Um, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Only yeah. saw one bear, but that was an absolutely phenomenal course. I had never been to Alaska before and my goodness, that is a really, really stunning state. There's just so much out there. It's, different than anything I have ever experienced. I bet. Now, now, so explain to us how you prepare for going out into the field in a place that you've never been before, right? Obviously you have, you, you have these stock skills that are going to, they're going to apply anywhere, but um, did you have someone with you that was like a expert on the area or that was part of the instruction team? Like how does all that work? Yeah. So actually you can, end up with a team. It's not super common, but you can end up with a team with nobody who has ever been to that course area before. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it just comes from that skill building and training that we've had moving up to courses. Um, and that like, I'm confident in my map reading abilities and all of these other skills, but I was really lucky to be on a team of three other. So it was myself and then three other educators. So we had 15 students. So it was a really big group. Um, and all three of my co-instructors had been in Alaska before and worked in Alaska before. Oh, cool. And so they were really able to coach me through, um, talk about different nuances that Alaska has that nobody, nowhere else um, mm-hmm. has. Like their topographic maps are the lines, instead of being 40 feet, are 100 feet apart. Oh, because everything's so, bigger in Alaska. Everything's <laughs> bigger in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I imagine, I mean, where in where in Alaska was it? Was it pretty cold? Um, we uh, yes, it was pretty cold, but I think that was uncharacteristically cold from where I was. Uh, um, I was there all of July and beginning of August. Oh, you um, said summer. The base That's right. is in Palmer, Alaska, wow. so it's just like an hour or so outside of um, Anchorage. Mm. But then. I was up in the Talkeetna mountain range, which is, we went another like two hours north outside of Palmer, Alaska. Wow. Uh, yeah. We got snowed on. We got stuck. We got snowed on. We got rained on all in of it. In July. Yeah. In July. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. So we've, we've reached, we've reached the harrowing, the harrowing part. So give it, okay. give it something that's going to make uh, the hairs on our, on the back of our neck stand up. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good one. That Alaska course, um, I'll just go with that one. Yeah. We have re-rations. So you'll go out for, you'll be out for 30 days. You never leave the backcountry. So you get resupplied. They'll bring food and fuel into you. Right. Um, in the lower 48, a lot of that time it's done by a horse packing team or like a car drop off at a trailhead or something. In Alaska, it's by bush plane on these backcountry airstrips, which is really cool. I bet. It's really, really cool. Um, unfortunately, where we were at one point, our bush plane couldn't get into us because of weather. Oh. And so we ran out. We were without food for gosh, close to like 30 hours, maybe over 30 hours. Oh, wow. um, just waiting for our bush plane with all of our food because we had eaten everything in our ration period, which is exactly what you want to do. And then just unfortunate circumstance hit us. And so 
yeah. we were for without food for uh yeah like five meals in a row three wow. four or five meals in a row wow um, now does no the adverse have, weather as well yeah does Knowles have any protocols in terms of like um where you would have to go into survival mode to like try to like trap food or <laughs> fish or no not like in that. particular because yeah. they generally if it gets so bad where they know it's going to be multiple days, they have to figure something else out because right. we technically cannot move or they'll give us increased instructions about where we should move that they can reach us. Right. It's never to the point really of us fending for our own food. Yeah, I was going to say. Not that I have <laughs> They're probably going to distract you before they're going to do that, right? <laughs> totally. And yeah. so that's what's really wonderful is we're able to carry um, technology into the field that helps us be able to communicate with our headquarters and then also with the bush plane pilots and right. all that kind of stuff. But that was pretty hard. We had two students after that um, kind of faint, get really pass out. So not only do we get all the food, it's raining. We have two students that are just down for the count mm. a little while, um, completely just low blood sugar, low energy, mm-hmm. super faint. Yeah. Um, so yeah, was- it's a fun combination of things. And then students will start going into shock and you have to uh, put them in these hypo wraps so they stay really warm and then you got to feed them. Yeah, but yeah. That, that's a pretty intense situation. Yeah, but it, it all- sounds like it. Wow, it, it sounds down. like it. Well, also, I, I would imagine that rewarding is going to be a tougher one because I imagine with every trip, there are like so many rewarding experiences um, but it, but if you have to narrow it down to one or two, like what what would be um, how would you describe how would you describe that? Oh gosh, trying or to think of just a general like everyone is rewarding. Like I hate to make I hate to like put superlatives on it, right? Because is that the case? Is it is it that everyone is kind of uniquely rewarding in its own way because of I think they're yeah unique being our keyword uniquely rewarding everything every course I've worked every course I've been on has something different mm-hmm. and after we ran out of food it was a really rewarding experience to just kind of have this like eye opening of like this is how a lot of like this is just what happens sometimes like yeah. we have a wonderful food security in the US for a lot of the population but not for everybody so it was just really eye opening for a lot of students to kind of see what that looks like yeah. Um, and really rewarding to move through that with students. Yeah. But some other just moments of like, there's a lot of super just pure, pure joy from summiting a mountain or seeing a like specific type of wildlife. Um, I had one morning, uh, of course, I was working in Wyoming. We were sitting up high in our kitchen overlooking this lake and we start to hear splashing. It's early morning. None of our students are going to be in the water. And I look down and there are three moose splashing and playing and chasing each other in the oh. lake. And it's just the, like 10 of us standing there watching this in total silence as the sun is rising. And oh, that's Lord. just, you can't get that experience anywhere else. No. And, and that, and that, you, you know, we, we look to animals for, for, for our spirit. Right. And, um, the fact that animals play is just so amazing. That's one of the things that makes me smile the biggest, right? It's like thinking about bear cubs playing, but now I've never thought about moose playing, but thinking about missing that, I bet that was like, oh, geez. It was pretty crazy. It was a full family. There was a big bull moose with a full rack of antlers and uh-huh. then what seemed like a mother moose and it was a calf as well. So it seemed like just the full family and I didn't think they stayed as 
family units either. So I think it was just a really special moment. Oh, wow. Wow. That's so awesome. What about, um, what about the Vista? Like, so you've seen a lot, June, right? You, you've seen some of the most gorgeous places, I'm sure. Is there a Vista in particular that you've been like, oh, wow, that will be forever etched in my mind? Uh, yes. Oh, That's my going to be a hard one, too. I'm sorry. It is a hard one. And I think that I can narrow it down into two categories, like with my work with Knowles. Um, the mountain ranges in Wyoming, the uh, wind river range in particular is just phenomenal. Um, and there's one area called the Cirque of the towers and that's just stunning. People should just go look up a photo. It's this crazy, like horseshoe shape with these crazy, crazy tall surrounding mountainous towers. It's kind of have a Lord of the Rings vibe to it. It's really crazy. Oh, really? Yes. But then outside of Knowles, my forever favorite Vista is the Eastern Sierras in California. Love it. Can't beat it. That's so awesome. Well, um, I just thank you so much for sharing, uh, sharing all this. Um, the last set of questions I, I want to ask you are related to um, opportunities and, and advice that you would have um, to you know, either current students or prospective students or or young professionals who might be considering a career in outdoor recreation. Um, What advice, what advice would you give them? (laughs) Plainly just do it. Um, it. Yeah. So much. I think (laughs) that there's so much opportunity to experience things by yourself as well. Um, And just building experience, going on little trips. Like if you're a Cal Poly student, it's so easy to either just like hike up architecture graveyard and check out quest grade that whole area way up high or drive a little bit north to big sur like there's so much opportunity for exploration in that area and just to open up your eyes to the little surrounding space you have um it's really special spot cal poly right there with all of the outdoor access and i think just building up experiences um helps a lot and goes a really long way um in pursuing careers in outdoor education yeah. I think if, that if also you've already told us you've already told us poly escapes is a Yeah, poly a escapes is a great one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think that's a really big one. Um I think some other things like something that was very prevalent to me was um maintaining just being open-minded. This is like working for Knowles is became my dream job, um but not something that it's something that's incredibly different that like none of my other friends do. Right. except for my friends that work for Knowles. And so I think that sometimes that's hard to grapple with. My friends will go and work their nine to five jobs or their regularly scheduled jobs. And I just have this like downtime and I work really hard during summer and fall, late spring. And it's just different. Um, yeah. And I think grappling with differences and what, if you want your life to look different, being okay with your life looking different is really important. Um yeah, I was going to say, as far as one of the challenges in outdoor recreation, would would you say that that's one of the biggest ones where it's like, oh, well, my friend is getting married next month. Like, well, sorry, I'll be in the middle of the wilderness. Like, yes. is that is that one of the hardest things is the differences between the the real career world and the outdoor world? Totally. It's really hard. Like, I look at my summer schedule um, and I miss... I'm working on my birthday. I miss my brother's birthday. I miss my best friend's birthday. Like there's just a lot of things that you miss. And I think that um, 
it can be really hard to be okay with that sometimes, but then also maintain the relationships with the people in your life that you love while you're basically gone for three to six months out of the year with limited communication. Um, That's a really hard thing. Right. right. It's the different lifestyle. Right. But the, 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 the reward, the rewards are, are the rewards, right? Exactly. (laughs) And thankfully I've been able to surround myself. I'm very lucky with the people I get to call my friends and my loved ones and that they're so understanding and supportive. And so having a community that believes in what you do is really awesome. And understands. Yeah. I love that. Well, so, you know, I've been ending with, um, what advice would you give to your junior year self, but imagine yours would be the pandemic will end. (laughs) I guess the pandemic will end. I was thinking about that question and trying to figure out what my advice would be. Right. I think one of the biggest things I feel like I almost graduated too fast. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you hear that one a lot. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of cool classes and I wish I had dabbled a little bit more with other classes in our major and in other Uh, concentrations. Right. Um, Yeah. Right. You know, I've heard it. I think I've heard it once before, but it's kind of interesting because I did another podcast earlier today and it was Mm -hmm. the opposite. Oh, really? (laughs) The student had made it for five years and and, and she was like, she was like, I think I would have told myself to stop being so dang lazy and uh, (laughs) and go ahead and graduate. (laughs) That's funny. No, I think about it all the time. I I wish I was still there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But um, But I think, you know, I just managed, I was able to go faster because the pandemic, like with online classes Yeah. and I just felt like the right thing to do. But then it came around to my senior year and I think my winter quarter, mm-hmm. I had like two classes and my spring quarter, I had one class. So it was just kinda like, uh, yeah, should have yeah. thrown some more stuff in there. Yeah. Just, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. But you were, you were keeping yourself busy with undergraduate research. I was. That and was uh, publishing uh, papers and presentations <laughs> with, uh, with faculty. So I know you were, I know you weren't being lazy. <laughs> That's true. Dr. G and Dr. Schwab kept me busy, which yes. is awesome. Yes. They're, they're known for that. Well, <laughs> well, June, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough. You know, I, um, I know it's really early in your career to be doing a podcast and, <laughs> uh, and, and I, I try to mix it up like that, right. With them, um, because our, our current students, you know, there's a little bit of, um, they, they have a tough time relating with, you know, with people that have been in a career for 20 years, you know, and right. so they love hearing from, um, from recent graduates and, um, and wow, what a, what a spectacular recent graduate to get to hear from. <laughs> and, um, just can't thank you enough. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm living vicariously through you. So I love, I love hearing your stories and, um, just makes me, just makes me smile. And, um, and I know that, that Knowles, um, has, has someone that is, um, is just, uh, out, out there crushing it and doing such a great job. So just can't thank you enough. Well, thank you. That's really, really kind words. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know how much I think of you. And uh, <laughs> so kudos along all those lines. Thank you so much. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.